The Holy Gospel this morning comes to us from Luke, the 23rd chapter, some of the last moments of Jesus' life. When they all came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right, one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. And the leaders scoffed at him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, Do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed have been condemned justly for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you know about Jesus? I think so often we make Jesus so abstract in our head that we forget Jesus is a who, that Jesus is a someone who is searching for you and for me (laughs) out of deep love. And sometimes when I wrestle with my own questions about who is Jesus, what has Jesus done for me, for us, for the sake of the world, I have to kind of take a step back. I have to find a place where I can just kind of think about these things. And so I go to my favorite coping mechanism, and that is called Twitter. (laughs) Twitter is an online social media that always tells me stories, some of them good, some of them bad, and surprisingly, sometimes about Jesus too. For example, I found this story. Me, what do you know about Jesus? First grader, well, he's nice. Me, great, what else? Kid, he takes our teeth and gives us money. That's the tooth fairy. Nope, the fairy doesn't do that anymore. It's Jesus. So Jesus takes our teeth. Well, well, isn't that nice? Kind of afraid of that. (laughs) Huh. There's lots of things we kind of get afraid of, isn't there? I mean, teeth, losing our teeth. Um, And I think one other thing that makes us afraid is our money. And I'll be honest, one of the fears that I have as your pastor is that sometimes you might feel like your faith that your trust in Jesus Christ doesn't give you any support as you wrestle with your own fear, 
when it comes to your finances. But we've had this important conversation here at this church in the last couple weeks where we've been saying that there is a life-giving connection between our faith and our finances. And I just want you to know that your staff and your elected leaders, we know that you're wrestling. We know that this is a hard conversation. We know you're doing your best, and we just simply want to say thank you. Thank you for all the ways that you support the ministry of this congregation, because we know that there is fear surrounding that. And so what do we do when there's fear around things being taken away from us? Because if there's one thing we all have in common is we've had things in common of things being taken away from us. And in fact, Luke 23, the whole story, the whole story, well, actually, I got to give you this little piece of advice that also came around money before I get there, right, is um, when I was worrying about money the other day, you know, there's this popped up. It said, millennials, quit whining. I paid off 150K in student loans. 400k on my home because I save, right? That's a good piece of advice. I save. And how did they save? It's not that hard. The guy says, says, I make my coffee at home. I bus instead of Uber. I shop my sales. And I had my parents pay off my loans and buy me a house because I'm daddy's special boy. And I got Hulu with ads. (laughs) Isn't that a great piece of advice? (laughs) Sometimes when we're afraid, all we can do is laugh. How else do we get through it, right? Truly. How else do we get through it if we don't laugh our way through the places that we have fear? And if this whole story today is Jesus, things being taken away from him, no wonder there's so much fear even in this scene. It starts out with, and they divided up Jesus' clothes by casting lots. So what's the first thing that gets taken away from Jesus? His clothes. Literally. His clothes get taken away. Then the next verse, the people stood watching. So what did the people take away from Jesus if Jesus is standing up there naked? His privacy, right? His dignity. And then it goes on, the rulers even sneered at him. They said he saved others. Let him save himself. They take away his ability to make sense of his life. It goes on, the soldiers also came up and they mocked him. If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Take away his purpose. Everything is about taking things away from Jesus slowly. This Christ the King Sunday, it always makes me think of these stories about kings and queens. I mean, we're calling Jesus a king today, right? And there's all these stories, whether it's Game of Thrones or The Crown or The Lord of the Rings. We love stories with kings and queens. We love stories about royalty. Why is that? What is it about royalty that just catches our imagination? It's interesting because I wonder who for you, you might say, is a king or a queen in your life. A king or a queen in your life. Someone who doesn't use their power over you, but instead inspires you, who lifts you up, who gets you thinking about life. One of the kings in my life is Dennis Finfrock. This King Dennis to you. Dennis scared me a lot. <laughs> He's a big guy from Dayton, Ohio. He got recruited to play football at Brigham Young University and then moved with his family down to Las Vegas. And there I was, the twerp intern, rolling into town with nothing but dirty clothes from driving from St. Paul all the way to uh, 
to Las Vegas, and I meet the whole staff for the first time. And I'm wondering, who is this guy? See, Dennis was in the late stages of Parkinson's disease. He tremored, didn't have much of a voice. He was hunched over, shorter than I am. And he is the director of outreach for this vibrant Lutheran church in Las Vegas. And I'm wondering, who is this guy? So Dennis takes me out to lunch one day, right? We're sitting out for lunch, and, and he's waving at some guy after a while. I'm like, who is this guy? He's waving at this guy. The guy comes over. They start chatting a little bit, and he says, this is my pastor. This is Pastor Kevin. Pastor Kevin, I want you to meet Oscar De La Hoya. He is basically one of the kings of boxing, <laughs> right? One of the kings of boxing. And Oscar De La Hoya is treating Dennis, like he's the king of Las Vegas. And I'm like, who is this guy? And so there's Dennis using um, this time that he has to help people. But who would have known that Dennis, basically, after being a coach and a teacher, gets recruited by UNLV to help open the Thomas and Mack Center? That's where the running rebels play. That's where the PBR rodeo finals are. And then the MGM snaps him up. And he opens up the MGM Grand Garden. Many of you probably have been there before. (laughs) Yeah, Dennis did that. He loved boxing. He loved his family. He loved Jesus. And he used the last few very hard years of his life to sit in our stanky church office building (laughs) to pull all the strings he could with shaky hands and a shaky voice to make sure that the homeless of Las Vegas that we typically fly over when we go there had water, food, and dignity. That's the kind of king that Dennis was. And if there's one thing that we know about kings and queens, though, they inspire us, we tell their stories, but all kings and queens, they do die, as history has taught us. And rarely has there ever been a king who has ever come back from the dead. Right? And so we wonder what kind of God is Jesus? We can be so afraid of so many things in this life our teeth, our money, our health. What if it's all taken away from us like it was from Dennis? I don't even remember saying goodbye to Dennis when I left Las Vegas. I didn't even take the time to do that for the king. But at the very end, Jesus is dying on a cross after a very public shaming where everything has been taken away from him and all the people could say was who he was not. Jesus is not the Messiah. He is not the King of the Jews. He was not the Savior. He wasn't powerful. He's on a cross. And we love to tell Jesus who he is not too. Jesus, you will not tell me to slow down and rest You will not tell me to eat better, what to do with my money, what to do with my time. We love a Jesus who looks like us and sounds like us, but not one that challenges us. Not one that reminds us to look for our neighbor who is struggling. But we do know what it's like to have something taken away from us like Jesus has. And that's hard. In the very last moments of Jesus' life, he's hanging there on the cross, and the thief says to him the simple prayer, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And it's at that moment that Luke reveals to us who Jesus really is, Lord and Savior, Alpha and Omega, that even in the midst of everything being taken away, Jesus shows us that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God because of Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's this question that's been kind of floating around social media lately, and, one of, and it's basically saying there's only so many days left in this year, right? Not only so many days left in this year, but only so many days left in this decade. So tell me, what have you accomplished in the last 10 years? And everybody's got a story, right? Everybody's got a story about, look at all the good things that I've done. Look at all the amazing things that have happened in my life. Nobody's saying about the things that have been taken away from them. Nobody's talking about the challenges. It's almost as if we believe that it's our efforts and our strength and our smarts that are going to be what saves us. But friends, faith in Jesus alone is what saves us. So be careful. If you trust in Jesus, you trust in a crucified king, a king who slowly had everything that we think matters taken away from him. And all we are left with is the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem to a family who was forced to flee. Jesus is the one who taught that loving your neighbor wasn't something just to think about. He even fed his betrayer good news on the Last Supper. And he is the one who walked the way of the cross, died and was raised again from the dead so that we may have abundance of life. So church, today be thankful. Be thankful that Parkinson's is not the last word because Christ is king. Be thankful that no matter what has happened in this last week, this last month, this last decade, it does not define who you are Neither do our good works because Christ is king. Be thankful that our money doesn't define us. Be thankful that our amount of teeth does not define us for who we are because Christ is king. Be thankful that you can leave this church today with some swagger. I want to see you walk out of here with swagger today. Why? Because you have a daring confidence that you are royalty and precious in the eyes of God because Christ the king says it is so. And that good news can never, ever be taken away from you. Christ the King, indeed. And all God's people say,